Uh, welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. Paul and John with you tonight. Get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Alternatively, you can get me at Paul underscore football and John Atlantic Peach. This is the Love Sport Podcast. State of Origin Night, John, our podcast is on. We're going to try and get it out before we uh, get our maroon on, which you're probably already wearing. Mate, I'm always pumped for State of Origin. What a great night is. And I know you're going to talk about that later on tonight. But uh, for me, it's an alpha sporting event. That's the new intern, isn't it? I'm not sure, but I'm sure it is now that you've uh, made it so. Mm. But, I can uh, live in that space. Let's, uh, let's start off. I, I think you wanted to uh, correct a couple wrongs uh, from, from the past. Take a step back to last weekend, and I wanted to send a couple of apologies to a couple of my main guys, um, the Brisbane Lions defence. Now, I I was a bit caught off guard because usually, uh, you know, I would I should know better, but I had a mind blank. I, all kinds of things went wrong. The Brisbane Lions defenders, who I think have been playing great all year, and you know what? I don't think they were responsible for us getting better the weekend by Melbourne. Um, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But first of all, I want to apologise to Daniel Rich, who's the who's the guy whose number I have on my most recent jump. I love that guy. Been playing awesome. Num- I love the way he comes n- out of number defense. Ten, number 10, mate, is it? Yeah. Just the way he comes out of defence is... Um, I, I just think he's been through... He's the realistically the only guy who's been through the really bad times at the Lions. And, um, and I love the guy. He's been playing great... Uh, just want to you know, say a quick hello and a, an apology to a couple of other guys as well. Marcus Adams was the guy. I did remember him, oh, so yeah. he's good to go. And I think he's been playing well. He's a pretty recent um, uh, return to the team. Obviously, everyone knows Harris Andrews. Ryan Lester was injured last week, but he's got an amazing backstory. He's been playing for the Lions seemingly since 1902. Um, <laughs> but to say... Actually, he's been around the club, I think, nearly as long as Dan and Rich. He was a first-round draft pick, and um, he's played not so many games because of terrible injuries, and he's a real key. He's coming straight back into the side. Now he's available this week. Um, you know, some other guys have been going good. I don't want a big call out to Brandon Stasevich because that dude's been killing it this year. I, I honestly think he's, he's, along with Harris Andrews, right now one of the best defenders in the AFL. And... We- um, we That's said it, it a few weeks ago, mate, um, and, and we'll come to an AFL section soon, but we, we said a few weeks ago, I think it's a really golden time for defenders. Um, mm. and, and it's Well, that was of... it. wrong in the uh, – because you said that, and I wasn't expecting it, and I and I should have done better, but um, I really apologise to those guys. I was really sorry, man. You know how much I love those guys in this team. Well, I, 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 I actually – I'm going to come at one of those guys later tonight. Um, he's actually, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for the AFL section. I didn't send you guys a message. I don't like sending people messages when their teams lose. It's too right. easy. But there was a player, and I've got my thoughts behind it. But we'll get to that in the AFL section. Wasn't Mate, Dave Zorko, warm... was it? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I okay. might warm you up here with a keep, kick, cuddle. Yeah. Bit of a bloody tough one here, mate. Wally sure. Lewis. Yep. Darren Lockyer. Yep. Billy Slater. Keep not kick, hard. Cuddle. Uh the cuddle is the cuddle the top one? No, uh keep we, we give keep the top one, cuddles the middle and kickers get rid of Right, well keeps Wally. I mean I think we've done those ratings of your all time favourite sports people and all that. Yep. And I think it's for me, you know me pretty good. It always comes down to a toss up between 
one or two or three people, um, one being Favre, one being Maradona, and one being Wally Lewis. Mm. Maybe Jason Ackermanis as a, as, a, as a member of the four. Yeah, you uh, have Wally, him up there. Wally's my favourite sportsman of all time. So you're keeping uh, him for sure. As a Queenslander growing up, he meant everything to everybody. Um, he's the greatest. He's the king. Uh, he's he's Whatever number one is, he's on it. So number two, Lockie and Billy Slater. All right. I'm gonna go, yep. I'm gonna go with um Darren Locker for the second. Not that it makes it gives me any joy to um be um, punning Billy Slater, but you have to pick someone. Um if if anyone's ever seen Darren Locker, well, he's not a big guy. No, he's not. No. He's incredibly durable. Um he came through a time when Queensland was getting decisively pummeled quite a lot by New South Wales. I'm gonna talk about origin, I'm not gonna talk about the Broncos here. We come through Super League one. Premierships with them, but um, he hung in there. I thought when he actually lifted the trophy in 1996 or 2006 was one of the great moments in Queensland and Australian sport. Um, I thought he did everything that he did with great grace. Uh, he took a lot of defeats on the chin. He won that game. And you know what he did? He did something that not much with the into Queensland. The, so he, there's been a war on fans and a lot of sports going on in the last couple of months, especially mm. Everyone was saying how much they missed him in the stands, but now they're back in the stands. Everyone hate, is hating on him. Um, Darren Lockyer dedicated that trophy as he lifted it to every fan in Queensland, and for that he has to go in there. He's an immortal as well, isn't he? Um, he is an immortal. Yep. Yeah, and um, and then Billy's there, and people say he's the best fullback of all time. Uh, I could live with that. Billy's an all-time great. Uh, he's one of the best in the business. Multiple premierships at Melbourne. One club guy. Uh, all that, I'm not going to bag on him. I love him, but in that list, he's got to come free. Yeah, you have to. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Mate, a, a couple of yes, no's for you as well. Mm. Will Eng- Now, I'm getting excited for, for it, and it's kind of snuck up on me, but will England win this year's Euros? It's a definitely look through it. I'll tell you what one of the things uh, is. Uh, they might- you can only do, you oh, can only right. do a will- yes, no. Yeah. Well, give- yes, I'm going to say yes. I, I actually think you can't qual- you can't qualify. It. I made it deliberate this section for you. I'm really sorry, mate. We what do you mean I can't the- I could get derailed by BLM and taking knees and stuff? Uh, we'll come we'll come to the Euros in a minute, mate. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll grab, grab, oh, well, grab yeah. control of this. I'm going to say yes because I'm always hopeful. You know me. I'm a Have you eat- guy. Here's another one, mate. Have you eaten a donut this week? I never eat donuts. Yes or no? So it's a no there. No. Okay, mate. Look, we'll, um- I've got one for you. Oh, yeah, here we go. Go for it. Keep cuddle or or um was it keep cuddle or kick? Yep. All right. Um, I'm I'm you'll keep it cuddling or or kicking. Um, controversial sports players' tweeting ability. Okay. All right. First one's Ollie Robinson, the recently first cap for England, who's now been suspended indefinitely. I would have to presume he's going to get a life ban because he yep. said something mean when he was a kid. And yep before he was ever near the game. Uh, Israel Folau, who's currently serving a life ban for his um, homophobic tweet, which was a direct quote from the Bible, which had been quoted about a zillion times before. Yep. And um, LeBron James for his tweet about the um, policeman in America who shot mm. and and the girl with the knife and saved mm. the girl who was obviously being thing and put up a thing saying your next hashtag accountability mm. and absolutely nothing happened to that person. So I want you to keep cuddle or kick those three for me, my friend. 
It's a tough one, isn't it? And and, and well well played you. Um, look, <laughs> mm. it's a bit of a weird one. I'm going to keep LeBron James. And because you're, are we talking about the specific tweet or tweeting history? Because that 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 kind of changes it a little bit. Are we talking well, about the tweeting just... ability? I mean, really. Okay. I mean, well, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep LeBron James. And if anyone knows my basketball following, I'm a massive basketball supporter. I'm a Michael Jordan and the rest of the universe uh, in terms of all time greats. Um, I'm going to keep LeBron because of the all the amount of good tweets I've read from of what he's done in his community. Um, that tweet was abhorrent. There's no excusing it. And I'm not a LeBron sympathizer. So I'm just going to go keep there. Um, I'm going to cuddle Ollie Robinson because put yourself in anyone's shoes at a young age. Do I agree with what he put out there? I'm just qualifying, quantifying, whatever we want to put. Do I agree with a tweet? I probably don't agree with heaps of tweets. And, but he was young. He obviously is more educated now in terms of, hopefully life and, and social media. And I'm going to kick Israel Folau for the simple fact that he kicked a couple of goals against Richmond. Um, you're, you're entitled, <laughs> you're entitled to, you are entitled to your social media. Uh, sorry, you're entitled to your religious beliefs and we both have those, but I think you just, yeah, well, it's a tough one. Well played you. Uh, I'll, I'll kick Israel Folau. Well, I feel I, I do feel for you, man, because I feel like I've really been putting you on the spot with some of this, and I'm not going to comment on any of that because you answered that beautifully. Um, I think there's a nonsense with everything that we've just spoken about, and uh, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I just don't touch Twitter. Yeah, and I'll be encouraging all, all all the kids that I know, and and especially ones playing sport too. Whatever they do, don't touch it. I'll be honest with you, John. I'd be very. I work, as you know, I, I work in uh, either journalism fields or I work in um, media and stuff like that as well. Anything I post, I am more than happy to say to anyone, and that's yeah. my rule on social media. I am more than willing. If my boss saw me in the lift and said, "I saw your tweet last night," I'd be, "Yep, absolutely." Or my parents or anyone. Um, I'm. I've been pulled up by you guys. I've been pulled up by my dad and other people. If I put something inappropriate, I own it. So um, I, whatever I put there, my rule is, would you be happy for everyone in the world, no matter what, to read it? And I can hand on heart say I'm pretty confident um, of my history on social media. So Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I'll tell you one thing, I'm not perfect and I have said things and done things over the years that could probably be um, deemed as being offensive. But I'll tell you what, some of that stuff's been bloody funny too, and um, you know, and and plenty of people of the from the area that we were talking about were there, and they laughed along. So I actually yeah. think part of the, part of life is actually taking the you know what out of all your mates. And all, oh. anyway, let's go on from there because I've got another one for you. Yeah, go for it. Okay, um, three quarterbacks in the NFL: uh, yep. keep, cuddle, or, or kick. I've got to get yep. my head around that. Um, Taysom Hill. Apparently yep. the greatest quarterback in the history of the game who hasn't really played that much, yep. according to his coach. Uh, one, Tua Tagovailoa, who, according to reports, um, didn't actually learn the Dolphins' playbook last year. Um, <laughs> that's a bit of a concern. And um, Aaron Rodgers, the great Aaron Rodgers, who is turning into the biggest diva in the NFL and um, is currently behaving very poorly. 
Okay, nice easy one for me, mate. I'm going to absolutely keep Tua. You know I'm a Dolphins fan. I think you have to give... Um, I don't care about the rhetoric from clubs or the media positioning and everything. I just want to see him get... There's nothing I can lose from him having another season because we have been a train wreck of a club for you know the better part of four decades. Fair so I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep Tua every day of the week. I'm going to cuddle Taysom Hill because I don't think his career is going to be that long. And I'm going to kick Aaron Rodgers because I'm just so bored of him and I'm so bored of it even being covered. Um, thank God that um, Julio Jones um, and a couple others put themselves out as free agents and so forth because this NFL postseason, preseason has really done my head in. There you go, mate. That was nice and easy for me. Yeah, good job. It was pretty interesting. I heard Ian Rappaport speaking today. He was on a Packers um, podcast. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, right back at the start of this, uh, pretty ordin- a pretty regular thing that they do where they front-end the quarterback salary to try and get free agents. Remember the Packers bought in, uh, paid up Aaron, Aaron Jones and and paid up a couple of linemen and stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and Rogers refused to do it. That's why they couldn't actually get into the free agent market because they had so much money tied up in him, but then he's blowing up saying he didn't go, but it's like, come on. And you only have to look at the GOAT and whatever you think of um, Tom Brady, his legacy, and, oh, God, that word has done my head in the last mm. year or two. But he really, really has – I mean, when we say sacrifice, it's a big word for someone getting already paid, you know, 28 to 30 million-plus <laughs> endorsements. So when yeah, we say that – But um, in saying that, he has non-stop given up money to bring in people because he knows that winning – uh, rings is everything in the NFL, right? That's so the secret. You know, that's why he's the best. And 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 he's done that, hasn't he? I mean, it's not like oh, he's totally. going to cry poor. So Brady is someone I couldn't stand years ago, and it was probably jealousy. But God, he's played the game perfectly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wants to know why Equiminius St. Brown is his third receiver. It's because he's putting so much cash in the bank that that's what happens. He he ran, you know he you know he ran other players out of town we didn't get on with them or didn't like them. It's like, you know, whatever. Anyway, we that was your question. You answered it beautifully. I'm going to let it go. Mate, got, one for you. From got, there. got another one for you here, mate. Uh, Adelaide yep. Oval, MCG, Optus Stadium in Perth. So Adelaide Oval, MCG, Optus Stadium in Perth, keep, kick, cuddle. So I might have asked you a Oh, that's pretty before. hard. All right. All right. I'll tell you. Well, you know what it takes. I don't think it's that hard. Um, the number one. Keep. Yep. The MCG because that's where everyone wants to play, whether you're playing cricket or AFL or, um, dead said, even State of Origin. The full MCG is is the mecca of sport in Australia. To me, I think there's nothing, there's no greater place to be, walk into, be around, be near, smell, sniff, enjoy for any code. Boxing Day test one day is member Viv Richards, you know. Knocking balls over the over mid off when the bats were like the size of a toothpick and the old <laughs> sight screens and you know Steve Wall running around taking catches in the little yellow outfit and I love the MCG. Remember the pitch was dead set grey. Um, yep. You know Queensland actually winning State of Origins there. Um, it's the greatest sporting stadium and venue in Australia by a mile. Um, mm-hmm. Two. Yep. Well, out of that list, historically, I'll take Adelaide Oval, thanks. And the redevelopment looks awesome. It I watch an AFL from there, and um, I want to get I want to get down and see it as it's been redone. The old Adelaide Oval was awesome. The new one 
has got something special about it. And I'm only I'm only kicking the Perth one because um, I'm not really a Western Australian guy. Um, I'd rather see cricket test played at the Gabba at the Wacker, um, and you know, Subiaco, whatever. I don't know really like the Eagles or Fremantle. So nothing ever good ever happens for Queensland teams over there. So um, they can do what they want. I'm glad you didn't ask me those. Well, I'll say um, I haven't been to Optus Stadium, and obviously with COVID, a lot of people haven't been able to be. I've had the pleasure of working in Adelaide Oval, and I've also had the pleasure of watching cricket and AFL there. And something that people don't realise, I mean, people who watch on TV, you've got the old scoreboard with the churches in the background. You've got brand new stands, which are very hard to climb, by the way, with my old knees. But inside the ground, um, you know, you've got all your traditional, um, you know. Because you know, they've got long rooms just like the SCG and the MCG in that, haven't they? They do. And something else that they have is a lot of grass areas. So like if there's a, mm. you know, seven hours of cricket, you want to get out and sit. There's actually grassed areas inside the the um, oval precinct per se. And there's all variations of food everywhere. It's actually brilliantly set up. And until you've gone there, you, you don't, and it's a walk across a bridge from the city. So literally a five oh, yeah, it's walk a great from spot. the city. So if you, ask me, if you ask me what, what, what would be my number one destination to have a week away with my missus and catch some sport at a great ground and eat and drink and be merry and, and then never have any other responsibilities and just do that, I'd be going to Adelaide every time. Well, I love that it, it is a fantastic place. I was lucky enough to live there for 18 months. Um, the, um, the one thing I love about – I know this is off target here and uh, we're trying to keep this podcast a bit short because – Yeah, Oregon. we're actually going pretty long we're so We're going far. pretty long. But uh, we'll tidy it up. We'll tidy it up. But one of the things I love about Melbourne, for example, and I never want to live there again, but going to sport, is I remember one weekend where I saw basketball, um, NRL, AFL, couple games and a game of A-League <laughs> all within mm. the, a space of a few kilometres. I'm, you want to say pretty well? I like Amy Park. I think Amy Park's an awesome spot to watch sport. I've, I've, I saw the Titans beat the Storm there with my brothers, and it was actually it was one of those kind of kitschy sort of moments because we went down to watch the Lions play, yeah. and and that that was at the MCG, and I can't remember who they were playing, but uh, I do remember the Titans match, and <laughs> that was awesome. We had a great laugh that day, and because we were the only Titans fans there. The players were all over us. I mean, we got hugging Greg Bird and dudes like that. And, yeah, it was good. Hopefully. It's an amazing precinct, isn't it? I don't think there's many. We talk about precincts in world sport. I can't think, mm. and I've been to a lot of places like you overseas, I can't think of a better sporting precinct. We're talking... Madison Square Garden? Madison Square Garden, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you're talking... What I'm talking is you've got Amy Park, the MCG, the Tennis Centre the basketball stadium, all within the space of probably a kilometre and a half, two Ks. London's got some great stadiums and, you know, reachable around each other for different sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but, yeah, no, you'd be right. If you include Wimbledon and Wembley and, um, you know, Twickenham, that's not too mm. bad. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Hey, yeah. State of Origin tonight, mate. Um, okay. Queensland. Queensland are written off every single year. And I know we talk about the Queensland spirit. I believe it is a real thing. You get that that jersey, you get that Guernsey, you get that top, whatever you want to call it, and you just play. They just 
they just step up. You know, a seven out of ten player becomes a nine out of ten player, and they just seem no matter mm. what. It's it's inbred that this is life and death. And I know New South Wales has started to really get that in the last few years, but have that's they? got to be a tangible. Well, I think they have. I think they have. But come on. Well, mate, you know what? I'm wearing a... Well, if they really did have it, you know what? They they were pretty lucky. If you go back in the in the two years before, you know, the unlosable series that they lost last year, yeah, um, there was every reason to think, if you look back at it, the Queensland could have could have and maybe should have won at least one of those, and realistically could have won three in a row with a couple of things going their way. So I don't know if they've really got that. I think they've got a coach who understands it at the Do moment because you... Freddie. Freddie Fittler's a legend, legend player. I think you're better off to have a, a great player like that as the coach rather than yeah, a yeah. coach. Do you think that the fans, because Queensland fans are insane, but it's been really good to see the New South Wales fans really step up to the mark in the last few years as well. That's been my opinion. I'm a bit more neutral than you are, obviously. But it's well, it's I'm not really neutral at all. I, I, no, I'm, I know. I'm 100% not neutral. But um, yeah, well, New South Wales fans are great. Um, but they weren't they're good, always. They're, they no, weren't well, always. They're, they're good at they're good at understanding that Queensland owns Origin. And and you'd know this being an AFL man that Origin. I mean, I don't want to get into the semantics of it, but Origin is something that's really well bred into Australian sporting fans, and a lot of people will only think that Origin is an NRL or sorry rugby league concept, but obviously. Origin started well before that with the old VFL, SANFL, WAFL, and when that became well, the reality uh, of it is, it was about it was about South Australia playing Victoria in AFL. Mate, I used to go. That's to, the truth of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I used to go to the State of Origin games because my team was so bad. That was all I could hold on to was seeing my two or three Richmond players potentially make the State of Origin squad and go and see ninety thousand people at the G. Um, oh, all some great games Victoria. too. Great and, and players, great game. Yeah. Craig Bradley, what a player he was at uh, origin level. Oh, 100%, mate. I, I got to see... Craig Bradley going against Diesel Williams and things like that. It was, it was nuts. And, and I got to see the uh, last real one uh, at the G when I think there was around 91,000, just as the AFL was really kicking in. And um, a lot of people forget that. And I think it's something the AFL should go to their archives a lot more and just show people that, hey, origin won't come back to the AFL. It, it just won't. There's too many interests now that stop that happening. But, God, it's great to have the origin in rugby league. It's one of the my great... Be, my, best, well, my best mate, Rob, is a Collingwood supporter. He's got a big V flag at his place, and I think it's just an iconic an iconic piece of Australian sporting memorabilia. And I think you look at dudes like Ted Whitten, and um, yep. I remember... I remember we stuck um, it right up him! Remember, yeah, well, he lived for it, didn't he? Because he played for a team that was just rubbish for years and yep. years, and the club didn't do nothing. And... Um, Robert Harvey was a great origin player. You know, playing Mate, with what, teams that Nathan Burke, and they were playing in teams that were never going to win a title. Well, that's what I was talking about with Richmond. You know, Dale Waitman, guys like that, Matty Knights, who really, you know, they, they were in a bad uh, patch at Richmond at one stage, and that was what kept them going. So, anyway, tonight, who's going to win it, mate? I think that's the appeal of it, especially to those guys at clubs like that are not not going anywhere. And I remember Jonathan Brown getting to play for Victoria and he said that was one of his absolute career highs. But anyway, let's get to the real origin as it lives now. I, I'm interested in New South Wales in that they've invested very heavily and good luck to them because they've got a different philosophy on picking teams. 
Yeah. And they've invested very heavily in the Penrith thing. And I understand why you would, might want to do that. But by the same token, I think if they bring in Jerome Luai and they're on at, to play 5 8 outside Nathan Cleary to get that combination, they love combinations. You always hear Gus and all that talking, and you listen to the ABC radio, and yeah, they're all like, um, you know, it, it, all the boys come up. New South Wales, the combination this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Uh, and you leave Jack Whiten on the bench. And I go, well, you know what? Who's a proper origin player? Jack Whiten. Who hasn't done squat? Who hasn't put a pinch of piss in the bucket at origin level? Jerome Loy. Yep. Um, and yep. that would never happen in Queensland. That that kind of decision would never happen. Queensland's waiting for Dane Gagai to see if he can piss in the bucket before they rule him out. No, exactly you know, right. And I'm just like, I, I look at that and I go, well, that's great. And that's awesome. And these dudes are playing so good at club because everyone knows that the club football and the state of origin are two totally different beasts. And I think Queensland, with all all of the um, – I mean, last year was ridiculous. I, mean, I rolled yeah. around in my garage, found a cigar, we smoked it, and said, well, that was awesome. I couldn't believe we won it. I literally couldn't believe we won it because I thought we were going to win the two years of Kevin Walters. Last year, I thought we were no chance. Wayne Bennett brings in guys like Kurt Cakewell, goes with Dane Gagai. you got Xavier yep. Coach starts up. You know, Cherry Evans has become now a hero. Harry Grant starts out. It's Harry Grant was, you know, came in after Friend played, uh, did a great job. Now he's retired. Um, this year, we're better. Dave Fafita is going to make the team better for sure and certain. Okay. Um, and I think that we've got that. I like our bench. I like AJ Brimson. I like Joe and Gowie. I just think I'm waiting to see tonight if they bring Cohen Hessen aside. I don't know if they will. He seems to have fallen a bit off the radar, but I'm pretty keen. I'm good to go, man. I'm ready. It's going to be a tough game. I'll play. I, I know. I know you'll be there. I certainly won't, mate. I, one of those hits, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a seizure on the ground, mate. Um, mm. but, but I think what people, I don't know if they've been really talking about it or have ever experienced um, the night moisture in Queensland or northern Queensland. The ball's going to be bloody hard to hold on to. I don't think you're going to see massively expansive play early on tonight. I think it's it going is. To be I think it's going to be the first. I think it's going to be the first time for a long time where there's been a, a very, very, um, hardly any New South Wales supporters. I can't imagine in Townsville unless they're in the army, or in a mine. I can't imagine there's going to be many New South Wales supporters in that crowd tonight. And I think that's pretty one eyed up there. Yeah, I was going to say. I think there will be a, the pocket of them. I think you've you've said it very, very well there. But um. Oh mate, it's going to be so partisan and good on them. I'm I'm so excited for them to um to have a game up there. I, I think it is going to be um one of the three games is always going to be a neutral. I think it, it's a good money making yeah. exercise for the sport, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually quite I quite like that. But up up in Townsville, oh. they've done what they need to do, and yeah. I think Queensland will get off to a uh, a close win. Um, but I think they'll win by four. I'm happy to wear my heart on my sleeve. I think the thing is that people are outside of Queensland, New South Wales, and don't really get us. Well, maybe you live. Did we have a listener somewhere in Africa? I think we did. Yeah, and we if do. we do, this is not a question of, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to weigh it up and say, I hope that this happened, but I'm tipping with my head or I'm going with my heart. Is that I've never, ever in my life tipped against Queensland in a state of origin. I, I can't do it. So I'm happy to leave with my chin, and I really don't care. You know what? Yeah. Because 
I'm not I'm not going to put uh, you know people do that thing where they say oh, I'm going to put a bet on the team but I don't go for it and hope that they win. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, I would rather yeah. cut my eyeballs out with a stick than bet against Queensland. I I I'm Queenslander through and through. And my prediction for tonight is that I think we'll have a different man of the match. We haven't had one. We haven't had a big forward for a while, but I've seen him playing at at the times. I've seen him live now a couple of occasions. He's killing it. I'm going to go with Tino Fasimulaulu to be the man of the match. So how about that? I love it. I, I look. I, I I've given my prediction. I think it's going to be a close game. I think uh, Queensland's going to get up. Everyone in my work's going to be happy tomorrow. So let's go Queensland. Um, just and I I hope we win the series. And all we hear from New South Wales supporters is that you had two home games. Don't care. Good. No, I don't. Good. Who cares, man? I couldn't care less. Whatever they would do. Yeah, and then. And I, I love all my New South Wales friends, but seriously, come on. What Mate, you doing? We'll, uh, we'll jump across the... Uh... Just a break on the Love Sport podcast, just to let you know a couple of community things that we do. Three Mates Can, get us on Facebook and Twitter at Three Mates Can. We look after uh, men's health and, you know, just educating men to treat each other better and especially women better as well. Also, Change Rooms for Change, where we're looking at clubs and what they can do, um, you know, providing their resources, club rooms and different things to the community. Uh, use it as an avenue to uh, recruit volunteers and, and all the good work that you're doing. So you can get us on Change Rooms for Change, Three Mates Can, and of course, the Love Spot podcast. And you're not going to like something I want to talk about here, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of your very good players is actually one of your biggest weaknesses at the Brisbane Lions. And I thought it last week. Has he been recently was... brought into the club? No. Okay. Um, no, 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 not at all. I, I think if things go right there, I, I still think there's the ability to see a 10 or 12 mm-hmm. goals from two players up there. And mm-hmm. I think the player in question you're talking about makes Hipwood far better. Mm. Uh, but the player that I see as the weakness, it's not him per se. It's the way that he's being utilised. Can I okay. put that as a caveat? Yeah, yeah. And that's Dan- and that's your favourite player at the moment, Daniel Rich. Really? I think he's one, I think he's one of your big, big weaknesses. And I could give... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hear my rationale out and, and go, we go from there. Do I think he's a great player? I think he's a fantastic player. Would I love him roaming about 60-odd out? Absolutely. And I would handball it to him nine out of ten times. Mm. Where where teams have, and until Brisbane actually sort this out, they won't win the grand final. Players are dragging Daniel Rich into the back pocket or into the forward pocket for them. Daniel Rich is tracking back like a good player does. 
and he's been caught out time and time again in one-on-one battles because the guy cannot out. He could not out out outmark you or I. And mm. it is something I've been tracking. I'm not going off one game. It's something I've been tracking for about the last year and a bit with a few players of this caliber. Daniel Rich got caught out a couple times in key contests last week. It's not his fault. It's either teammates not getting back to help him or he's not being coached correctly. Well, he'd be our fourth out. or fifth ranked marking option at the back. He is getting caught out time and time again by those. I, I can t- tell you a ton of times he was, he's been caught out. Um, and it's not, that's what I'm trying to say to you. I don't think it's his fault. It's utilization of him. Is he a good intercept mark? Yeah, but it's when it's one-on-one. He does not win the one-on-one battles. So if a Dusty goes uh, goes up forward, obviously he's going to beat most players. But Melbourne Melbourne did it to you in the second half last week. They they targeted Rich, they isolated him, and he was beaten on at least two occasions that resulted in goals. So mm. I think okay. you guys can sort that out. I think Daniel Rich is a great player. I'm not putting him down. I think he's been utilised incorrectly, and it could cost you a final. That's just my opinion, mate. I, I didn't want to write it to you. No, well, no, 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 no. But I don't actually think – most of the time I don't think of those sort of small market backmen as as in – I understand the one-on-one matchups and getting sucked around the ground. But to me, Daniel Rich is taking guys up the other end of the ground because you've got to go with him. Yeah, and, and I don't have uh, – the thing is he's not the – It's a bit like how you play off. Sometimes you go, well, I'm not going to go on that. That dude is getting 40 possessions. What's the point? You know, well, I do, what, I do get that, but Daniel Rich doesn't play um, uh, deep in the forward pocket, and and the big guys spread out for Daniel Rich to take the mark. Right, you'll do that with a, a, uh, a Cameron, and and Cameron Cameron is the guy that should be under the pump at the moment. I'm surprised that the Brisbane Lions haven't actually dropped him. Because, I haven't been excited about um, about Cameron for months. I don't think a I, role. He's playing uh, a different role now. And that makes it hard for him because he's a lead up. Even though he's, you know, small to medium size, he's a lead up forward. And I now just that understand he's how else, he's not hanging around sitting underneath um Joe Danaher and, and Eric Hipwood just sitting there. It's quite it's kind of not his game. When mm. he did that at Adelaide, he was found out at Adelaide. It's not I I think he's absolutely sensational. I'd love him at Richmond. But I think he's caught between the two games. He's caught between... He's a leading forward. You know when he was most damaging, he'd lead up. If he didn't take the mark, he'd beat the guy on the ground and kick a goal. Now he's like, yeah, do, I get a, do I get under Danaher? Do I go with Hipwood? He just seems in player lost. He's got the ability. He's got all the ability. Well, the I don't disagree mate. with that. I sort of, I'm sort i not 100% with you on the Daniel Rich stuff because I, I, I see his value in... You know what? If he loses a marking contest and someone kicks a goal, I see Daniel Rich as a guy who, who creates far more than... You know, so it's it's I hope it's, you take it's, this is up I and down stats. Yeah, I hope you I understand what you're saying. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Uh, but, but, but not everyone's a key it. position back person either. No, no. But and and the thing I'm trying to say to you is, um, I'm not picking. You know, I'm a Richmond supporter. You're a Brisbane Lions supporter. When you play us, I hate you, right? And vice versa, and so forth. But I I really try and be fair with my footy, and I really watch that. And yeah, I didn't that's even fair send it, and I didn't send it to you last week, but I've been watching it for a while. So keep an eye on that one. I Just will. Change. I actually think, but I do think Daniel Rich brings way more to the table than uh, he's 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 given. Uh, see, to me, if you're going through, a lit, you go, how far is this? Is he a contributor or not? I mean, oh, Daniel that's Rich not what isn't I'm close to the that, bottom of the list. No, no. That? no, no, no. He'd be one of the players you'd pick first up. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying he's not being something's not right in the coaching or the structure. 
to have him isolated. Well, like they tweak that because they're trying to work out. They've got two big, strong guys like Starshevich and yep. Adams down back now, and I think they'll work around that. Um, like, I really – I, I, I think our back line's been – look, they played Melbourne last week, man. I mean, they're, they're, oh, they're no scrub. Okay, so – I, I look at I look at that like you know what the best most thing I thought last week was I'm pleased that that happened because mm, I, I want I know where them you're coming from I do not want us to be caught with our pants down like we were against Geelong in the preliminary final last year or you know against um, GWS when you just when everything's going good and they suddenly drop one of those where it's like hang on guys if I actually think we're way closer to going into the grand final and not making it this year because. I think the whole team is growing and playing much better. And I, I'd rather lose that game and learn from it, go into the finals and say, that's never going to happen again. We're not going to get outrun like that in the second half. Well, mate, can I, I, I have to do it. I'm going to go on a rich, bit of a Richmond rant for you for a while, okay? Mm. Dream, time, dream time at off the stadium was an amazing event, sold out in record time. And a lot of Western Australians were annoyed because there was a lot of, there's a lot of, I think Richmond's got six or 7,000 members. And I yeah. think, Essendon's got eight or 9,000 members that live in WA. So you already had 16,000 who were going straight away. They had tickets, right? An amazing event. I, I hope that it's at the MCG most of the time and they move it occasionally because I do think it's an, it's, one, it's an event and the AFL do those events just absolutely brilliantly. And if you ever go and you have any connection to our Indigenous culture in, in terms of you don't have to be Indigenous, but you have any connection and you don't have a tear in your eye, yeah, I, I'm not sure what kind of feelings you got because before that game, it is just, you know, Anzac Day. Um, we'll do the same. You dream time at the G or Optus does the same. But you were talking about players who've been around the system for a long time. We, we've had mm-hmm. Kellen Coleman Jones in in the Richmond system for three or four years, starting to really play well. And you've got your replacement for Jack Rewalt when he decides to go. So it's when he was asked, oh you know, people are going to come chasing you this year. And he goes, well, he just straight ups. And then he'd be, why would I want to go? This club stood by me and I knew I was going to be in the pecking order down the track. Let's have the club stands by Jack Rewell. Well, I've got no doubt. I'll put that back on you. I'll put that back on Richmond and say, let's hope that the club stands by one of their all-time, well, the Carlton song or all the champions. Like one of the great champions of your club there. I don't, the the whispers are awful. I yeah, think, yeah. Oh, I think right. from from Good. from the people I know, there's there's no doubt. There's no push. There's no anything there. And because you said you'll have Cameron, I'll tell you what. I'll have I'll have Jack Rewald here for two years to finish his career. That'd be nice. Oh, I can tell you now, he would give you such a. He's such a smart footballer, isn't he? Uh, mm. Whether it's in the air or on the ground, yeah, he's he's smart. Um, the Essendon. Uh, I, I was really happy to get the win over Essendon because they are a team I can see in the next two to three years with the kind of players they've got really, really, go, you know, beating us consistently and getting right up the ladder. Unlike Carlton and Collingwood, who are doing, Carlton's doing a um, mid-season review, which is always, oh my God, everyone's going. That's a bad sign, isn't it? That's a shocker. And Nathan Buckley's still down today from Collingwood. Well, so it kind of, you know, we've sat, you, me, and our friend Sean, who is... Um, you know, a long-term absentee, but always welcome on our show. I've said many times about, you know, coaches and managers who say they're not quitters, right? Yep. And everyone knows why they're not quitting. It's because they want the money. Um, I think that Buckley doing that today was a 
pretty amazing thing because he didn't drag the club through. They didn't. He didn't make them sack him. Mate, if you, it's an interesting situation. It is. If you look at any of my socials, I've got a ton of them going for all different accounts. I've deliberately not put anything up about Nathan Buckley today. It's not for me to say Mm. anything. And those people putting up some pretty horrendous, uh, we talked about socials before, but look, honestly, have a think about what you're putting up. I mean, you might hate Collingwood and dislike Buckley, but he's been wonderful for Collingwood, you know, for 20 odd years. Um, I just think, I just think he's up, people. You know, there was some there was some stuff for Lions and Bears supporters groups I was in today, and and they said some stuff, and and it, there was a little bit of pushback. But I'll just go back to what I heard Robert Walls talking about. Mm. Robert Walls said in that year that he was at Brisbane when we were shit. That can edit that out, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. That he played with his head up. He gave absolutely everything to the club, and he was always a hundred percent. They had a deal. He was already supposed to be going to North Melbourne before he even turned up. Yep. Right? And they had a deal that he would then leave and go. He said, I'll give you 100% everything I've got. I think in hindsight, you know what? If you sat down Nathan Buckley in hindsight and said, have a look at the dudes who are coming through this team with you. Do you really want to go? In hindsight, and it's easy to do it. Of course he would say, I think I'll stay here. Yeah. He would have been the captain of the greatest team in VFL slash AFL history. I just want to say, look, I don't think he did a bad But he would have been, but he walked away from it because Wolsey said he would have been captain. That's it. Well, mate, I, I, I stand by this. Unlucky not to win a premiership as a coach. Unlucky not to win a premiership as a player. And will go down as one of the greats for me. And I think he went out with dignity today. So, you know. I, He's done that a few times. He's always been gracious in defeat. Yep. And... I think uh, so. You know, things just didn't didn't pan out for him. And he got a did he get a premiership medal as a assistant coach under Mick Malthouse? Mm, I'd have to check. Sure. I, I, I'm sure he would have. He would have had to have. But I mean, still as a coach and a player, um, as a coach, coach uh, and a, a big player, donor. But the Euros, just really quickly, oh, as we finish gosh. off this podcast, we'll finish your podcast off. The Euros, I'm. Really, really looking forward to, to to this. Um, I have to hang my hat. I'll put it on socials today. I've got Belgium. You know, my, my great great grandparents are Belgium. On one side, they're Swedish, and we got Welsh all through the family. So, I am I am going to have um, very much interest in those three teams. I won't be hating on England. I'm going to be really interested to see how they go. What are your thoughts, mate? I would have said I was really confident in England, but there was some mm. um, issues with the crowd at Middlesbrough the other day where the crowd did not enjoy the team kneeling. Yeah. They, now that now the manager's into it, you know, you know, you can just see it coming. Not only England, you know, you go to the Olympics, it's only going to be the Great Britain team and the USA that's going to have trouble with this stuff. Yeah. You know, like uh, the places where things are really crap won't have it, um, but we will. And, um, I think you can read it as said now that it's going to completely derail the England campaign. And I think they would have gone into this as reasonable chance to win the tournament. Yep. Um, I just looked, had a look today. You know, it's um, Jürgen Löw's last tournament as manager of Germany. He doesn't get mentioned much, but like seriously, no. international football level, that dude's been an absolute god. I can he never think... Back of... Thomas... So... Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No, what were you going to say? 
I, I just can't get over the video of him picking his nose, having a really good look, shoving it in his mouth, and then doing it again. If you ever see that video, it's hard. It's, 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 <laughs> That's it's, true. It's hard not to think of that's true, but I've also got visions of him one of those little net shirts, you know, like a little netting sort of, um, oh yeah, like um, muscle top. And I tell you, it was pretty good. Um, yeah. But I, I just think he's one of the absolute great international man of all time. He's brought back Thomas Muller and Matt Hummels. Um, I think you'll find that Muller's a master master touch. Some guys are just designed for international football, and our football yeah. listeners know that. Uh, some guys play international football great, and some are crap at it, and Thomas Muller, dude's a winner. Um, Absolutely. I'm not going to back against Germany in this in this tournament. I'll, I think that they're they're hungry because they've had a bit of a lean patch. They've got a great I manager. Still, they, everything's right. They'll win it. I still think the French have got um, a lot of X factors, and I think it's the best midfield attacking uh, England team I've seen in in, in a couple of decades, mate. I, I just think there is so much talent in the midfield wing and going forward for England at the moment. Um, I mean, you only have to look at Grealish and Foden and guys like that. It must be exciting as an England supporter but if to they... know... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it must be exciting to know your players are able to take on their defenders. I think if they were playing in a country by itself for the tournament, right, and they were sort yeah. of... Even like given if they were bubbled or housed away and they just had to do that. But... This whole thing of playing all over Europe, it sounded awesome at the time, but uh, given COVID, it's a disaster, right? Um, and I just think that, that that scenario with some crowds coming in, um, yeah, it's just going to take one kneeling episode and one press conference and every other team is going to be laughing at them. Uh, and, exactly. And it's going to be on a day. It's not going to affect... Places like Italy that have had dead set real racist crowd trouble for years, and people calling out monkey chants and all that crap, that doesn't happen in England, right? But no. it certainly does in Italy, and it has happened in all parts of Eastern Europe and all that. But who's going to be the one that's going to pay for it? It's going to be England, where that doesn't happen. Everyone's pretending like it's a super racist country. It's going to be like, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be just BS. And I'm like, Mate, I'll be I'm so football. sick of it all. I'm sick of the whole thing. You and I have been to football in England for years and years, and I can never remember, and people can bag me and give me examples, I've never been at a game in England where I've heard any racist chants. I haven't. I haven't. No, I can never. Only, not I, once. I can only go by me. Mate, we're going we're gonna to end this podcast right now. State of origin tonight. Go Queensland. In the Euros. Go Belgium. Go Sweden. Um, go Wales. You'll obviously be going England. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, for sure, man. I... For sure and certain, and um, just a little final point, I think that it's been awesome to have the Australian Super Rugby teams playing the New Zealand ones, and I hope that next year we just stick to Australian teams playing Australian teams because it was fun oh, to win it. Absolutely, and I'll tell you one other thing, mate. On Sunday, I think it's a sellout. I'll be watching uh, the Brisbane Raw take on Adelaide in a knockout final, and I tell you what, when there's a knockout, that, you know what I mean? That, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, uh Yours in sport, as always. We will talk next week. This was or is and always will be the Love Sport Podcast. Go Queensland. Go Queensland. Uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. It was Paul and John tonight. Get us on Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter and John at Lambic Peach. This is, was and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.